Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. And today we are talking about the earnings from DBS, which have surpassed analyst estimates for the third quarter, propelled by strong margin growth in commercial lending. Net income climbed 18% to $2.6 billion for the three months end of September. And that's above the consensus forecast of $2.54 billion. And to help us take a deep dive into these numbers, we've got Kelvin Wong, Senior Market Analyst at Owenda. Good morning, Kelvin. Hey, hi. Good morning to you, Ryan, and good to be back. Thanks for joining us to break down these numbers. So let's start with initial impressions. How much do the numbers impress you? Precisely, I would say is rather uh, within my current expectation. But what surprised me is will be that interim dividend declaration of forty eight cents. Mm. Notwithstanding the recent uh, operational uh, uh, potential increase in operational risk in DBS due to the uh, major IT glitch that was recorded about last month ago, just a month ago, yeah. Yeah, Kevin. So a lot of things to take a look at. So let's start first with the net interest margins. Of course, in the backdrop is how we've been through a landscape of higher for longer. Rates have been quite elevated. And on that front, we've seen the NIMS rise for a seventh straight quarter. So what's the uh, assessment here? Because if you look at the NIMS, it's at 2.19, up from 2.16 from a prior quarter. Is this going to go up even higher in the next few quarters or is this a peak? Yeah, so if you look at the current NIM uh, right now, it's actually primarily driven by the interest rate in US. Do not forget over here is that the, our local interest rate track the US pretty much very closely. I would say it's, it's almost like a, a one-to-one uh, lockstep move. So uh, for sure, if you look at the current situation right now in US, especially the release of the latest key economic data, uh, just out on Friday, where we start to see a very clear softness in the job market in the US, where normal payrolls came in way below expectation on 150k, and as well as the ISM services PMI. Bear in mind that services is a huge economic contribution to the US economy. It also came in below expectation, so that actually hit to a four-month low about around 51 level. So if you look at the current situation right now, what market is expecting for the Fed is to be pretty much Lash hawkish going to December, and given the fact that the latest uh, Fed funds uh, future pricing right now is only showing five percent chance of another twenty-five basis point hike in the December meeting. So, if you're looking at how the interest rate futures pricing is, we are now more or less seeing the terminal rate at five point two five percent to five point five percent for the Fed funds rate for this time of the interest rate hike cycle, and potentially the first rate cut in US to come in as early as May next year. So that's close to about 70% mm. chance. So given into this kind of expectation of pricing by the futures market on as per se, in the US Fed funds rate, uh, potentially it could add a bit of downside pressure on the, our local banks need, given the fact that our interest rate track US interest rate pretty much closely. So uh, if you look at the current numbers of DBS this latest quarter earnings, close to 23%, uh, about year-on-year, uh, probably comes from net interest income. So that's uh, pretty much a huge deal, uh, if you start to see a slight dip in uh, interest rate in US, uh, that could actually pretty much have significant impact on the net interest income. So I believe that during the CEO press conference, the earnings guidance for 2024 is rather not so rosy. Hmm. And when DBS expecting 2024 numbers to be flat instead, that okay. means we about, yeah, almost close to about negligible growth, similar to what the numbers that we are seeing in 2023. 
Okay, a bit of a more measured forecast for the year ahead. You pointed out that we are also possibly going to see pressure on margins as well. Already, there's been pressure on loans because of the high interest rates. So where are loans going from here? Because the trade-off is, you know, you get higher profitability, but higher rates do also turn away some of these customers from borrowing more. Yes, precisely. So if you look at the current situation right now, we talk about macro risk in the global economy is still pretty much on the uh, elevated side, high risk. So don't bear in mind over here is that right now we start to see a bit of a lagging effect of higher U.S. interest rates starts to cripple down into the U.S. economy. And don't forget over here, the U.S. economy still has a very direct influence in the Singapore economy and the, and the rest of the world. And given that U.S. consumers have started to actually potentially bite the bullet in the next three to six months due to a lackluster job market and as well as the services sector, so that could actually curtail uh, consumer spending, which in, indirectly curtail uh, business mm. uh, investment in the U.S. So that could actually translate to weaker growth globally, which could actually uh, impact the Singapore economy as well. And do not forget over here is that uh, another headwind we are facing is China, which is pretty much reluctant to actually uh, have anything beyond a targeted uh, stimulus measure to negate the current credit crunch that is facing the Chinese property development market. So all in all, we could start to see a bit of pressure on the loan growth next year. So if you look at most sell-side analysts uh, report, they're actually looking at close about I mean, manageable 1% uh, loan growth going forward into next year. So I believe that what the positively right now what we see over here is even the fact that interim dividend of 48 cents is more like a, a defensive play here. Yeah, if you look at the housing and other consumer loan segment, that was lower by 1% or about $1 billion. Now, one bright spot was wealth management and cards. So in terms of momentum, how much are you seeing there? Okay, so especially for wealth management, it all depends on the volatility of the global market. So if you look at VIX as per se, right, look for this Q3. So we're talking about Q3 uh, reporting before the month of October. And if you look at the current global markets, uh, VIX actually uh, increased pretty much significantly to late August and October. And if we look at the situation right now, there is still some, I would say that given the fact that yeah, we know that the S&P 500 rallied pretty much strongly last week, given that it's, the weekly is close to about the best we've seen so far within the last 10 months or so. But we still have that joyous political risk premium that is still pretty much intact, given the fact that the Israel and Hamas conflict has yet to be resolved. And also do not forget the fact that yeah, we may start to see a dip down in inflationary numbers in the last three to four months in major economy. But that not bearing the fact that if you look at the market transacted prices on the commodity, key commodity markets, uh, especially one that is a soft commodity, that means the agriculture. Mm-hmm. So one particular uh, interesting uh, behavior I'm looking at is on last Friday, there's this DB Agriculture ETF, DBA in short, that's listed in the New York Stock Exchange, actually rose to a 52-week high. That's very close to the level that was last seen during the uh, Ukraine and uh, Russia crisis uh, in early April to early March last year. So there's, there's a potential chance that we may start to see another kind of a, don't forget, oil prices is still hovering around in $1 per barrel. So mm. that's the WTI crude. So any little spike up in geopolitical tension mm-hmm. Uh, that could actually see another rise in market transacted oil price or even commodity prices for the soft commodity space. So all in all, right, the Fed right now, the global central bankers, right, it seems to be that they are right now in a very uh, cash, they want to go position, they call it. So yes, on the other hand, we know that 
the last few rounds of interest rate hike has started to bite into the demand side of the story. On the other hand, they've got to face the challenge on the supply side. The commodity prices could actually do a double dip on the upside. Mm. Now, Kevin, one more thing. Uh, talking about premiums being priced in, a quick one from you. What's your take mm. on those digital disruptions that DBS faced? You know, what's going to be the way investors should be looking at this? Okay, I think one way investors are looking at it right now is that what's in the operational risk is definitely different about economic risk, but we could actually do, do the much more uh, intelligent forecasting because over here is that the operational risk right now, uh, even the fact that NAS right now is putting up for a six-month review, then right now is that they have a multiplier. One thing positive for say is that NAS actually increased the, the risk multiplier of 1.8 times of that risk-weighted asset. So let's say, uh, Brian Mata, if there is still going to be another major outrage in terms of the IT side of the story, in the next six months or so, potentially there could be an increase in this multiplier of more than 1.8%. So that could actually reduce excess capital, and which potentially could actually uh, impact their future potential dividend payout in terms of the quantum payout. All right, so that's the latest on DBS's results for the third quarter. Helping us unpack this was Kelvin Wong, Senior Market Analyst for Ender. Kelvin, thanks for your time this morning. My pleasure, Ryan. All right, stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.